Okay, we're gonna start this up. enough intro music hello everybody it is thursday january 19th 2023 this is the fakeologist show we do this show occasionally sunday through thursday between 8 and 8 30 eastern daylight saving time or eastern standard time now i'm sort of getting back to um a, a stride here trying to book some guests here and there uh, talking about everything and anything related to psyops and hoaxes. And uh, I do other interviews with people that are not so much fakeologists. But just know that you're listening to a fakeologist doing the interviewing. And I can't, I could at any time bring it up. And that's the difference between me and all the other infinite podcasts and vodcast hosts out there. I am streaming live on my own platform. It's called FacoTube.com. FacoTube.com. It's free. You can sign up just to get notifications and allow yourself to comment. I'm also on YouTube, Facebook. Facebook, I stream to the Unknown Causes group. That was some group I just set up just for fun, but that's not my primary place. Of course, it's FacoTube. I also... I'm streaming to D Live. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, I do turn the stream off after about five, ten minutes just to get you guys notified. And then hopefully you can switch over to fakotube.com. Thanks to the generous funders of fakotube.com. And that includes all these people at fakeologist.com forward slash donate. We've got Gibby. Zyleflex, they're our top monthly donors. We've got Ezra T, Daniel, John R. Harmon just signed up on the last show and called in. Nick W. Thank you for you monthly donors. Really appreciate it. And one-time donors. You pay the bill for FacoTube. It costs me about 200 US a month. And um, I don't mind funding it out of my own pocket, but uh, donations really, really help. Well, thank you guys for calling in. Let me kill the intro music right now. And tonight we have a different kind of show because somebody wrote to me at I'm at fakeologist.com. There's a million ways to get a hold of me. Uh, the best way is I'm at fakeologist.com. That's an email address, an old-fashioned email address. And I don't really have too many spam walls, so there's a 99% chance you will get through. And uh, I will respond to you. I do have a million other ways to get a hold of me. Telegram, Discord, Gilded. But email is my favorite because it's sort of the old-fashioned decentralized uh, way to do it. And let's just see. I got an email from Jenna. And Jenna and I guess her husband, Brian, are now on my broadcast and we are going to talk a little bit about communitarianism 
as I did enjoy that topic, or still enjoy the topic, and we did talk about it for a couple of weeks, and uh, so I don't mind talking about it any time. And they are from, it looks like, Olympia, Washington State. So Brian and Jenna, or Jenna and Brian, welcome to the broadcast. Hello. Hello, and thank you. And Jenna and I are not hitched, Okay, uh, just for the record, but it doesn't matter. Um, We're glad to be here. Okay. Are you in the same room? Yes. Okay, but you're not hitched anyway. I'm sorry I misrepresented that. I am just making all kinds of assumptions right now, but that's fine. So tell me, go ahead. I was going to say that in September, you had Larkin, Texas on Mm -hmm. uh, because some some, one of your listeners, uh, when you had had a renewed interest in Nikki Rapana yeah. and communitarianism. And some, one of your listeners said, well, Lark's a good guy full of lots of information. You had him on a couple of days later, you had Shannon Rowan on. Oh, right. Yeah. Shannon had done a broadcast as a guest with Ingrid Castle on RBN on Saturday. She's in Idaho. And I, both have a lot of concerns about technology and I guess the addiction, the health of uh, problems and the data collection and surveillance. So we get people that compartmentalize these issues, but I'm always uh, pimping people like Shannon because she's trying to pull all these different things together and electrosensitive like she is, she's motivated. So I called into Ingrid Castle's show and said to Shannon that, you know, if you have an interest in fighting this technology, you might want to look into communitarianism because this new form of global governance that has replaced communism and capitalism with this new governance called communitarianism requires the technology. That's for sure. So are you going to battle the Wi-Fi, the towers, the surveillance cameras, the data collection without knowing that the real boogeyman is the communitarian nightmare that requires the technology. So that led me to contacting you and seeing if you would like to uh, focus on my interest in this subject. I should probably mention that I had a single child, and in 2003, she lost her battle with childhood leukemia. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. How old was she? Uh, 13. Oh, that's terrible. And the little uh, foo-foo dress and blonde, curly, uh, complete 
a showstopper for my whole family. I'm Irish Catholic, six brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. I show up with this little bundle at the family dinners. And I think they all went home and directly started making babies. I, I think I'm not going to live another day without having one of these spectacular things. So well, that's nice. yeah, that led me to, uh, children's hospital, uh, is located in the U district of Seattle. I went to the university bookstore. There was a book available. Shannon kind of alluded to it because she looked into the woman who knew too much. I went to the bookstore. I asked about health effects of radiation and leukemia. And there was this pretty amazing story. Shannon mentioned the sizing your foot in England in the 50s with a X-ray. And this woman who knew too much, she was female. She had all of her credentials to be a doctor, but they weren't welcoming that gender, offered her an office at the end of the hall. And there came up this opportunity to do a study. And she went out and monitored these leukemia parents of these children and discovered that a lot of them had this x-ray in common so this led me to you know a lot of conversations with dr martin paul he's in portland and he is a world-renowned expert scientist and professor and he gets very little airplay and is is definitely uh, on the do not promote list, but his concerns about all this stuff is pretty top notch. So yeah, Jenna and I pimp people like him to go on these broadcasts. But frankly, people are so addicted to this technology. We're utilizing it now. I'm not, uh, hypocritically unaware and it, in a lot of people, it is their future. Jenna has a 22-year-old son who's at 17 and sat on the couch playing video games and uh, doing nothing for uh, several years. And he had, he had uh, taken up some criminal behavior involving uh, cleaning out Ch- Jenna's meager checking account because he could uh, write down the numbers when she would make a purchase on the telephone. He started uh, going into the neighbor's houses to play video games and or watch movies. And yeah, our neighbors were saying, you know, uh, Zadi left his name on the computer at my house and I know what he's up to. Hell, my I'm addicted to video games. My, my friends are, they're saying I know what he's doing. Long story short, uh, Jenna just said, look, I don't want to put you in a juvenile detention. It cost me $60 a night. We're going to have to come up with something else. We started looking at 
adoption. Jenna has a know-it-all older sister always, you know, telling Jenna that, you know, if you just do it my way, uh, I'm always right. Anyway, regardless, she adopted him. But after he sat on her couch for a few years, when the recruiter for the Marines got wind of, you know, he was interested in the gaming and they just love this gaming thing. It's rumored gaming has been created to suck these kids into this. Anyway, yeah. he's uh, currently on a ship in, well, across the Pacific, Singapore. He's been to Hawaii. Oh, he's in the Navy now. That's your son, Jenna? No. No, he's a Marine, but Marines work with the Navy. Right, so. sorry, he's in the Marines. Okay, he's on a ship. Oh, that's cool. And J Jenna, so that's your son? Yes. Oh, okay. How did you and Dave or Brian get mixed up? Uh, we met at a farm, mm -hmm. and uh, there was an ice cream social. My son was like seven, and I thought, well, we're living in this neighborhood. Let's see the local farm and check out where food comes from. Right. And there was a haying operation going on, loose haying. Mm -hmm. And it was summertime, great exposure experience. And Brian had the gurney lift all set up and Zadi was chosen to pull the rope and drop the hay into the barn and everyone shouted. It was a great experience, and we just kept coming back. And Brian asked me out not too long after. And you're you're in Olympia. That's the that, yes. Is that the state? We're about ten. Is that the we're state? We're about ten miles out on um, on the water. Is that the state capital? Yes. Okay, it's one of those state capitals that's not in the middle of the state. But I guess they're not all in the middle of the state. Okay, so you're you're here today to speak about communitarianism. You said you spoke to Nikki Rapana, who I never spoke to, I don't think, but I spoke to her daughter, Nikki, who also, or sorry, um, Nordica, Nordica, who's pretty darn knowledgeable about these sort of things. So where where is the, your communitarian angle? Where where are you, and how are you interested in all that? Well, I think. Uh, post 9-11, uh, Rents, Jeff Rents is in Oregon and I'm perusing his website. He's, uh, allowing Nikki to post articles and interview her on his broadcast. I'm from Seattle. Nikki was at the WTO, uh, battle in Seattle and I was as well. Uh, uh, totally without knowing each other, but I'm just saying, realizing there's something terribly wrong going on, and she was not a big WTO activist. She had discovered this communitarian overthrowing, you know, what her, uh, staff sergeant dad would have just put his foot down you aren't coming in my house without a warrant well that what sunky was on board with as they tried this pilot project out so yeah it was the word has not been discovered here but this pilot program kind of put it on the map to people 
you know, Lark uh, constantly communicating on her blog and thinking, you know, I discovered this word. This is Lark speaking. No one's talking about it. And back and forth watching what Nikki was trying to go through. Uh, the Agenda 21 at this farm that, like Jenna was describing, I'm orchestrating loose haying and involves pitchforks, a lot of people, wagons, and this uh, hoist pulley arrangement that grabs this big uh, bundle with a grapple-like thing. Anyway, the state land commissioner of Washington State came out to this farm along with a woman that is of Jewish ancestry, and she talked the owners into letting the state lands commissioner buy this last operating farm on this north-south peninsula right out of downtown Olympia. I got to get introduced to Agenda 21 and what was going on firsthand. I, you know, set a little bit of a write-up to Nikki. She said, well, write up an article. I'll help you edit it, and I'll put it up. I never did, you know, fearing exposure. Somebody might uh, put the crosshairs on me, and so I kind of wimped out on that. But, yeah, that uh, communitarianism is something we look into every day and you know our governor talks a lot about uh it's a people need to think more about the we and less about the me and we are all in this together so we're i believe uh still involved in the forefront of this kind of thing i don't know if you ever saw a recording of Bill Clinton and Governor Newsom down in California, both with gray hair, and they're using the communitarian word. They, they. No, are, I never saw that. Was that a recent yeah. video? This was in May, right after the pandemic began, and they were orchestrating AmeriCorps becoming uh, the track and trace army. With communitarian spirit. So oh, it was like, right. maybe, yeah. And they were, um, I think Newsom used the word, word, uh, words, I'm mesmerized by the communitarian spirit in these young AmeriCorps participants that are going to help our nation by tracking and tracing. Yeah. And, whatever um, happened to tracking and tracing that went by the wayside. That's disappeared. It did. It did. It did because I think they had in their back pocket, the biometrics and then the COVID, you know, uh, the passports. Because people that were wanting to travel, that was motivating them to yeah. get the jab. But again, it was through this communitarian idea of sacrifice yourself for the good of up. And, and, you know, there was a div immediate division and that um, subtle shaming which is also another so like psychological maneuver 
to force people to go with the the, the hive mentality. And I feel that uh, communitarianism, it showed itself so brightly through how they were managing and influencing people, neighbors, family members, right off the bat. it's It was like right out of the handbook, in my opinion. No, I agree. So, so I agree. yeah, uh, AmeriCorps full of a bunch of 20-year-old snot nose coming to tell you that somebody ratted you out they didn't need to go that far if you had looked at the 1950s macy conferences and norbert wiener who developed some techniques in world war ii involving artillery from the ground shooting down aircraft he figured out a mathematical, you know, way to do it. You have to allow for the airplane speed, the trajectory of the munition. He figured out how to uh, make that kind of thing to get come together. And then at the Macy conferences, his skills were used for. And the best analogy to say briefly is if you've ever tinkered on a lawnmower, you know that you start it up. And when you go into the tall grass, the governor on the throttle beef up the speed and torque to deal with the strain of the tall grass. Mm -hmm. So this machine has a governor for the purpose of running itself Mm -hmm. so the reason why i'm bringing that up is the macy conferences intended for society to govern itself we weren't going to have the klaus schwabs and the wef and the fauci's to hunt down for and be held responsible we weren't going to need that in olympia the shop owners are saying put on your mask and six six feet apart and we're a society that took over that job of the gestapo pounding on your door you're not covid compliant yeah it was self-enforced since we're going to talk a little bit about COVID, I'm going to drop the YouTube screen stream now. So anyone on YouTube, at least one person or two people, come on over to FacoTube and watch the rest. So I'm going to say goodbye to YouTube. So there goes YouTube. I just cut YouTube off because that way we can talk with freedom about COVID and the coronavirus hoax. What do you guys think of um, the whole thing? Are you, are you guys hip to fakeology in the world of media fakery and psyops what's your background or or understanding of that topic uh germ theory terrain theory we are not internet junkies but we spend a huge amount of time at least listening to people for years Mm -hmm. on all these subjects so okay not big not big researchers and you couldn't really uh, give us a test and have us pass with flying colors because yeah we just monitor enough to 
kind of get the gist of it, thumbnail sketch. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of subjects we couldn't at least comment on. And COVID is not really that important to us, but I sent you a newspaper article of a big wig logger in Mercer Island, which is a spinning distance, 10 minutes from downtown Seattle. I grew up there and this logger son and I were classmates. And after high school, we went on to ride motorcycles and party and uh, we're both in the uh, forestry business, uh, logging. So I've known this guy forever. Where did the you artic- send that to me? Is that the S- this uh, one link you sent me? Yes. Okay, let's see what that is. Okay, so the reason why I brought it up is that Ken Kesey so-called greatest literary accomplishment was not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It was sometimes a great notion. There was a movie with Paul Newman and Henry Fonda made of this logging story. And Ken is from Oregon. And what I would love to discuss on your broadcast today is in this article, it mentions this logger guys uh, acting just like the star of this well-known movie and book. And since Ken is from Oregon and my buddy's dad was from Coos Bay, I think Ken heard this story and was tasked with promoting communitarianism. He never mentions the word, but in this logging book, it's very clear to somebody that knows what the communitarian nightmare underway is. I think social engineering the West Coast into embracing this nightmare is what that logging book is about so what am i looking at though i'm looking at the seattle pi front page from october 3rd 1988 is that the right link it is and at the bottom of the very lower right corner Mm. it's saying yeah this sounds like the ken kesey character well i'm insisting it was hold on a second are you talking about unholy smoke no. There's a man and a woman in a picture. Oh, yeah. In the, oh, yeah, I see that. that. Yes. The Fershaw story. Yes. yes. Albert Fershaw. Oh, Fershaw. Okay. Fershaw. So that's the, that's what we're talking about? That yes. is. So, yeah, that guy, the logger, in in the logging business, if someone is killed on the logging job, it's traditional to shut down for the day and have a safety meeting. But balls to the wall, uh, highballer, go get them, said, well, put the body in the back of the crummy. That's 
a like half a school bus. That's what the loggers ride in to get up to the job. They don't all take their vehicles. So he got kicked out of Oregon and moved to Mercer Island, which is the highest per capita income area in three states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, and commenced to log here. So what I'm encouraging people to do is, number one, get a thumbnail sketch of what communitarianism is, get this 2006 edition uh, of this book, read the book. What's the book? uh, sometimes a great notion, and I don't like to confuse people, but there's another title, maybe to the movie, but uh, Never Give an Inch. It it gets confusing, designed to mix things up, uh, but I have to mention it. Anyway, I'm encouraging people that know what communitarianism is to read this book together, do a book review club. Put down the blue screen and all this time spent on the net and get together in a county park or, you know, there used to be bars and coffee shops that didn't have Wi-Fi, but these places are few and far between. Uh, this book is extremely difficult to read. It was 1963, so you were supposed to have the finest quality cannabis ever and no computer to waste all your time on. And people devoured this book. It was very popular. Can't make heads or tails of it because, you know, on one page, you're in a hundred different year of time and 10 different locations. You have to write down in a notebook all the characters. And half the stuff, you have no idea what he's talking about. And that makes it so that in my position, if I say to some gray-haired old duffer that I might know, uh, read this book, they'll never do it. This The first half, especially, is just a, a chaotic cluster. Where do you of, get this book, by the way, Brian? Uh uh, Barnes and Noble, you can call them. Uh, you can call any bookstore. It's readily available in most countries. You have to pay for it, or is it uh, PDF yeah, by it's, now? It, it's about twenty bucks. I know, but can you, it, nobody pays money for books not. anymore? Here's here's a PDF of it, or maybe. Well, I'm sorry, these most of these websites are fraud sites. Never mind. <laughs> No, you you can read it online for free. You can watch the movie. Well, it's a movie on, online for free. Somebody put it up. What's the movie called? Sometimes a Great Notion. Yeah. Yes. Is I think nineteen seventy one. That a YouTube? Yes. Okay. So, uh, what I'm interested in doing is. Uh, trying to not compartmentalize but big picture Ooh, Lee Remick is in it woohoo <laughs> is that right is that the right one uh, sounds right yes 
Book or book in the movie are different, and as is normal, the book has got a much clearer message. But basically, the unions are on strike in a small Oregon coastal town, and the independent logging family is secretly just using close family members. So that allows the family to avoid a lot of the uh, insurance and union voting. So This says this was uh, the first film to air on HBO in 1972. I didn't know HBO was that old. Wow. You want to watch the trailer so we can get an idea what what you're talking about? I uh, guess that, that that's uh, beautiful. Great it's by a beautiful me. Beautiful opening. Let's watch. From the studio that gave you Airport, now sometimes a great notion. These are the Stampers of Oregon. Their motto: Never give a inch, and they live it. Paul Newman. You make him twice. I think you can make him plainer than that. What kind of violence you got in mind? Henry Fonda. You haven't got the whisper of a clue what the hell this family's all about. Lee Remick. He seemed to give Hank what he wants, what he needs. He seems satisfied. Are you? Michael Sarazen. The prodigal son returns. And that's me, right? <laughs> Question is, why? Richard Jekyll. We can use every last time we can get a hold of The Stampers of Oregon. They think they own the world. Except the world has changed, and they haven't. Rugged integrity is on their side. On the other side, everybody. Be nice if that whole family dropped dead. Hank, you're going to kill a lot of people in this town. Every time you open up a paper these days, you read about violence. Any walk. Let me know. What? If you want to leave. What do you want me to do? Stay home. Give an inch. Take off your boots. Please. What are you doing out there? Hold me. Hank, ain't gonna let this old river up and drown me, are you? Hank, it's just it, Hank. What do you want from me? You want to see me crash? That I would, King Kong. I'd love that. You know we're all his children. In Okay, so this is the story about um, the family in your area? Is that what you're saying? I, I'm really mixed up right now trying to track this whole story. Yes, the Fershaw story was extremely similar in that at 12 years old, Albert, the guy in the uh, week-long Seattle PI front page series. They okay. did a series on him being taken down. He went to the grave 
of a heart attack with his cork boots on of a heart attack broke. Right. Okay. So 12 years old, he and his brother commenced to logging down in Oregon because Pa died. So I think that Ken Kesey, like I said, tasked with a CIA project, heard about this. I mean, the guy's basically a legacy down there. He heard about it and he made up what he calls a fictional story. But in actuality, uh, I think it's, you know, he, he wanted me to come along and say, okay, so in the book, it says that there were three brothers, Joe, Ben, Aaron, and Hank. Well, I'm up here in grade school, and there's three brothers, Joe, Aaron, and Hank, separated by a year or two each. It's it's not a coincidence. I think Ken wanted me to discover uh, this is not fiction. So what Jenna's writing down here is uh, Amitayatsioni, the you know so-called guru of communitarianism. He and Governor Inslee and a whole bunch of other politicians and media people. It's the community outweighs the rights of the individual. Well, I'm trying to get across that this individual logger represents the in, the last man and up against him is the community. And in the book, they talk quite a bit about there is a avian Chinese bird flu from China that is knocking everybody on their ass in town. Nobody can go to work because of the flu. This is classic predictive programming. In 1963, I don't think there was a lot of people having their, you know, whole city, town, state, country knocked on their ass from a Chinese bird flu, but they need to make it mainstream, acceptable. Oh, well, I read it in this book. Of course this happens. Mm. So, yeah, I just uh, wanted to mention that. What do you say about all this, Jenna? Well, um, because for the, for, I, I've been aware of communitarianism and while reading this book, the relevance seemed uh, really uncanny. And since I now understand that Ken Kesey was, uh, an agent, a change agent and understanding the whole new age movement as well has kind of been the controlled opposition to bring about the synthesis. So mm. like we're all going in this direction and I did live in Oregon. I moved from Chicago 
And um, I found myself involved in forest activism when living in Eugene. And I did spend some time tree sitting. And it was an offshoot of Earth First. And, of course, I didn't know at the time. But if you go on to Wikipedia, Earth First is communitarian. They even they even publicize they follow communitarian ideology. And there were some strange things that happened that I, I thought were unusual, like top grade military equipment just showing up at the tree sits. <laughs> but um, I, I had a very peaceful experience and um, it was a really cool experience for me. Personally, I guess I wasn't so much into the politics behind it. But, you know, as I get older and the more I, I pay attention to what's going on, a lot of the fakeology of what we think is what we know to be um, like. I, I really felt that it was just a lot of lefty um, tree huggers getting together. But it was actually um, just like BLM. Now it, it's kind of orchestrated. There's right. there's a lot of orchestration happening so that two sides oppose each other to come to some predetermined solution, the Hegelian dialectic. So I'm, you yeah. know, I'm kind of wearing those goggles now, and I, um, I interpret it as such. So it's a good read, and um, because I have. Uh, uh, I, I like living out in rural areas and I, I really love the natural world. So, um, my forest activism has, um, yeah, morphed, I guess, over time. I, I, Brian's, uh, has been an arborist for 30 years. So we, ha we spend a lot of time in the woods and in nature mm -hmm. and seeing how land use has been changed and, uh, the control grid is uh moving out even like the urban boundaries are even changing so that they are affecting us out here and i see the encroachment of this um uh of our world and uh let's see where am i going with this uh <laughs> well i'm gonna jump in and say that occupy wall street was made up by some guy up in Canada. This isn't organic. No. These are all staged events. Yeah. And I I think we need to uh, get wise to it. And, of course, uh, I, I need to mention that what has happened uh, to me is my outspoken knowledge about people that are uh, involved in promoting Zionism and just generally people that are of the Judea uh, mindset and heredity. This has gotten me in heaps of trouble. The book has a character in it that in the, about the first 30 pages they start to talk about, well, here's this down on their luck family. They were from Kansas. They, this, this is the, uh, Stamper family. They came out here. Well, Pa gets 
the idea that uh, this this just isn't the place for him. His barrel of nails rusts overnight in this wet weather. He forgot to put the lid on it. And he runs back to Kansas with his Bible in his hand. And so there's a lot of religiosity in the book. And after, you know, a little while, a family in town comes to visit the Stampers. And their last name is Stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S. And they've inherited the... Hudson Bay building, which in the book was abandoned, but you see, the Stokes family was Quaker, and really to me, Quakers have a lot of interactions and similarities with people of the Jewish ancestry and mindset nationality. The Stokes family says to the Stampers, you know, we don't know how you're going to make it through the winter. This is a really rough place. We all got to look out for each other. We're going to send you groceries to get you through the winter. Well, in come spring, they take the, the widow is not really a widow. She, the, the husband simply ran off and the three boys, they go and the Stokes family want them to sign a contract for a, you're now a member of the co-op. The Samper family has a grocery store. And what the old lady is saying to her three sons is, well, it sounds like you want me to sign this, which is our store. And, you know, being in kind of a hell of a pickle and the main star of the Stamper family, the oldest son, Henry, he says, just go ahead and some mom. Well, I just thought, okay, the Stokes name isn't that interesting. But if you looked at half the Internet stuff we look at, Allison McDowell, uh, wrenching the gears. Yeah, I like her she, a little bit. I was trying. Uh, I went well, through a four hour. Uh, YouTube, I just watched with her talking, and I can't always track what she's saying. She's sort of, oh, I don't know what it is. She, I just... We understand. Well, uh, she, her husband is involved with Penn State University. She is doing one of her broadcasts in front of a monument with the name Stokes written on it, and it's it's one of the Stokes people back in Pennsylvania. And yeah, Allison McDowell is one of these compartmentalized people. We've had a lot of interaction. Of course, she's banned us like everyone else. Yeah. Wow. But, but she wants to talk about the surveillance of, of all this high tech nonsense, but not talk about the health effects in addition. She has been a huge disappointment because I think we need to big picture this subject. Shannon said, uh, you, Tim, were not, uh, hook, line and sinker, uh, feeling like her electrosensitive, uh, thing was valid. No, and, no, I'm not big and, on that. Yeah. And so 
you know, I know people that shouldn't have brain fog at 50 years old. They shouldn't have rapid heart, but they, they should be able to sleep eight hours, but no, uh, up at three o'clock worrying about things, insomnia. I'm, I'm seeing people that have rashes that, uh, come on their legs every time they go up to Seattle to stay with their son and, uh, mm-hmm. he's being zapped. And plus it's accumulative since this guy's wife has a Prius. One of these cards is uh, giving it off. I should I, I should be on fire then if that theory holds correct. I have solar panels and hybrid cars all around me. I've got Wi-Fi access points all around me. My my head should be on fire by that theory. Well, well see, I'm I, in a, I'm in an electromagnetic vortex right now where I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm a, okay, well I'm. I got a smart meter. I've got a, um, a, uh, huge 10 kilowatt inverter on the other side of this wall right now. I should be just spinning. By the way, is Stokes, is Stokes the seed family? That's a huge seed company, I think. Well, I'm, you heard of them? I'm appreciative that you mentioned it. I've never heard that. The only reason I know that is because I used to sling their boxes at UPS and they were the heaviest boxes I ever lifted. But maybe it's just uh, a Canadian company. I think that um, the Stokes that Allison McDowell was um, describing was one of the first East Coast cities all founded on religious. uh, It was like a religious city. Or he like it was kind of cultish. It sounded to me, yeah. but um, that name just seems to be like you know one of the big families that it it didn't seem well. The name probably uh, was a bloodline or something that is um, prominent. Yeah, I think it's a Canadian yeah, company, right. so that's not American. But maybe they have an. Yeah, okay. So I'm just, I just. I'm in Canada, so I obviously have different, different ideas from different companies and names and whatnot, but okay, that's pretty interesting. And then, of course, returning to the book and my interest in Jewish misbehaving, mm-hmm. there is, there is a character in the book who marries one of the Stokes women and he's involved in the laundry. Uh, laundromat and he has a movie theater. Well, he has an employee that he ends up knocking up, getting pregnant, and she goes up to Seattle. She happens to be African American and this theater owner hits up Hank, the star of the movie, explains to him, look, I'm in a jam. I don't want to have to uh, bring pornography to this theater. But, you know, you're cutting down on everybody's income because the whole town is on strike. And, you know, you could really help me out by helping me pay for my uh woman I knocked up, even though I'm <laughs> married. 
Oh, brother, what a complicated and, mess, huh? Well, I mean, if you knew the story of between World War One and Two and all of the promiscuality, the uh, is that a word? You just made what? up a word. No, Promis- no, it's not promiscuality. <laughs> Promiscuousness. God, <laughs> Promiscuous, thank you. Hey, is this Save you? Um, is this you, Jenna, with the chickens? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you here? So I'm, I'm looking at the clock. There's another really important thing I want to cram in. Cram it in, man. I'm I'm watching Jenna and she, in the chicken coop. <laughs> I did build that. Oh, beautiful. Go ahead, Brian. Cram it in. Okay, so... In the world of forestry, you know, we have a portable sawmill I can pull behind a Toyota, a bandsaw, very uh, well-known brand name uh, with a nice reputation. We process a lot of wood. I'm kind of bored with it since, you know, I've taken down thousands of trees and processed them down to the fir cones and needles it just is not a huge interest to me. Enter, there's a subject called biochar, which is really just charcoal. Mm-hmm. A very similar process to make it, and they've been doing it for eons. And putting it in the vegetable soil. So charcoal gets mixed with nutrients and you know, people in California where it's dry, they don't have a lot of water. If I get a five-gallon bucket of charcoal, which I call biochar, and get it soaking wet, and you dump it out on a hot tin roof in the sun, because, you know, we mail it, we trade it to people that we do that have done favors for us across the country. Well, I want it dry. It takes a long time to dry that material out. It also holds minerals. So we have an interest in this subject, but what we're running into is the Hegelian dialectic of stereotyping. If you're into biochar, you must be a left-leaning climate change hoax nutter. (laughs) And, you know, this, this has been uh, in our face when we get involved with good meaning people who are also interested in, the, in this in this town. It becomes very clear that what these people really want is to use the subject of biochar to create what we thought was socialism, but later discovered the communitarianism actually describes it much better. They they want the government to set up these systems, and that's all a great idea. You have to see how homeless people. It's a little chillier up in Canada. Oh yeah, there's people living in under bridges and in ditches under blue tarps here, and. It would be an option for people that own hundreds of thousands of acres of timber to, you know, look at the fact that uh, 
trees just don't grow forever and regrow. The Mediterranean was covered in Cypress. The Phoenicians built boats out of it, but it's a desert today. Forestry, fisheries, agriculture. There are people that are experts at this, but they're not being given a place at the table to share their ideas. They're eliminated from the narrative and all these homeless people could be swinging an axe or dragging brush and material or uh, pulling with horses uh, material. The biomass needs to get processed in a, you know, there's a gazillion YouTubes on the subject. There's people all over doing it. And Jenna and I, have done it about every way possible that a small independent could do it without the multi-million dollar facility. They get really high tech. They're using the heat from this process to heat greenhouses and in some instances uh, create electricity with turbines. So these tentacles of communitarianism are a huge roadblock to Jenna and myself because I don't want carbon credits. <laughs> we need to be independent of these tentacles of Big Brother and it's I think we have a Achilles heel here doing something that benefits you you could create your own real carbon currency jenna's son and you know we tried homeschooling him he wouldn't have it it's like child abuse i <laughs> want my mates and there's pretty girls and you think i'm gonna sit out here you're crazy if but if a half dozen kids met on their bicycles at a certain location, you know, there's old duffers that would see, well, you know, I can put this tree on the ground standing dead. You know, the dead biomass material is a really nice for the biochar making process. Some old guy could help put the tree on the ground. And in some instances, you know, there's a lot of bulldozers and, backhoes and equipment around which these kids would just do backflips if they could see what Jenna and I do with these very low impact uh, farm equipment like rototillers and garden tractors. We are doing an extremely low impact, extremely uh, low economic outlay and we're making this material and a pickup truck of charcoal could be traded to some old lady that wants a vegetable garden and not necessarily for money but if her deceased husband has a rototiller in the garage he they she could say you bring me over a pickup truck of charcoal put it in my garden soil 
and I'll give you that rototiller. Now we're off and running. This whole uh, nightmare needs to be averted and uh, changing the world by example always has worked better for me than writing books and starting websites. I'd love to see some other people clued into this. You know that the indoctrination camps for these kids, there's no reason to be doing that to these children and have to deprogram them every night. Not to mention the cost of university and to get a diploma and do what with it while you're 50 grand in debt. Uh, we, we could alter the course of things. Well, hey, Brian, have you ever um, been hit by one of the trees you cut down? Of course. Yeah. And smashed chainsaws and uh, cut myself. It's a pretty dangerous job, isn't it? Uh, tree climbing adds a nether level to it because, yeah, the neighbor told me he was going to take it up and uh he fell, so he thinks he's going to get back into it. Uh, falling is another huge hazard, yes. I'm watching you and Jenna cut down a big cedar here. Boy, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna's giving you some um, some pointers of where to cut, I guess. Huh, Jenna, is that what you're doing there? <laughs> I think I was supposed to, yeah. Yeah, you were guiding them. That's, that's kind of funny. Wow. Well, at least you wear a hard hat. Is that safety? Is that PPE you're wearing there? Uh, personal protection is the PPE. Yeah. Uh, well, why, why not? You know, well, what's I, a helmet going to do if a cedar falls on your head? <laughs> well, no, there's uh, a branch. One limb runs into each another up there and a little hammer comes down. They can put most of the human body together, but they really can't do anything with the head in the emergency room. You know, another, another thing about um, a good, a role that we play here is because in our area, the soil is pretty crappy and there is a lot of standing dead trees and those do lend to forest fires and in the Pacific Northwest, you know, further south from us, it is a huge problem. And it up here, it is pretty wet. We're in a temperate rainfall. Well, I used to live in Vancouver. It rained for three weeks straight in the winter. I wanted to jump off a bridge. So depressing. <laughs> Vancouver is, has, is wetter than, um, I think, Seattle. Uh, could be. Yeah. Does this tree ever fall? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right, can you see? I don't know. You're. I guess you're on Skype. You probably don't know what video I'm talking about. You guys have a YouTube yeah. channel called A Squirrel. Squirrel spelled with one R and no U. But uh, that's right. Yeah, I know. I know the cedar tree you're talking about. I don't uh, think you're using a big enough chainsaw, and I'm just an amateur for that job. Okay, well, what do you think? Am I right? I know I know that I go through chainsaws and I probably didn't have a big one that uh, was 
operational, and so I can make use of what I got. I've not been financially uh, in a wonderful place. I just uh, barely squeaked by. My buddy, the first shot guy, he would call his outfit barely able logging. <laughs> it looks like there's a power line hooked up to the um, base of the tree there. Is that power there? Electrical power leaning against that tree that you're cutting into? Looks dangerous. Well, see, we're, we are not technically adept enough to risk <laughs> clicking on what you are watching. So. Oh, I know. Oh, there's, there's, um, there you are, uh, Jenna. You're, you're banging away at the back of the tree. What did you put a spike in? Yeah, you're supposed to put a spike in there, aren't you? I remember a little bit about well, that. Well, you got, you got the terminology wrong. Oh, yeah? uh, Jenna was, Jenna was a tree sitter. They pound spikes oh. into trees for the purpose of injuring. Oh, I right. Did. Right. No, I didn't. I never. She, I didn't. She didn't, but like she was talking about Earth first. But. So yeah, we use uh, usually plastic wedges, but the old guys uh, used to use metal wedges for the purpose of getting the weight to lean in the proper direction. All right, all right. Well, uh, this has been um, a different kind of hour. I'm not sure <laughs> what we learned here. I'm going to see if the audience left any questions in the um, the chat here. Um, Harmon says he has no idea what he's talking about. Lost Spider fallacy. Hello. Um, staff on Dry Sty said, okay, I think I'm catching on to what is being talked about. Harmon is still lost. Harmon says vegetables are not good for you. <laughs> staff on dry eye, dry ice, dry sty. No, staff on dry sty says, "Hey, Avarado, yeah, that's my previous name or my other name." Um, yeah, okay. I'm not okay, getting well, a lot of good feedback in the uh, chat right now, so. Well, uh, this is water off a duck because you see, it's all about community. Start your community garden. And, you know, they can just brainwash you into this word community. And that's the way. no independent out there just doing it for themselves or starting your own little collective free of all of the tentacles, yeah. which includes the insurance. Brian, would you call I mean, yourself would you call yourself a, an aging hippie? Well, you're a, I mean, I, meant, I think I you're a baby the, boomer, aren't you? I'm uh, 63, so you. Oh I yeah, can't, you're a baby I, I boomer. You so. You're a baby boomer. But you're, yeah, I went to I went to nuclear power plant demonstrations and the WTO. So a hippie wouldn't be too uh, far off with the uh, braided ponytails and the motorcycles. Uh, but you were a hippie that had a job. You you worked a long time, I guess, in the forestry industry. Is that it? Well, I started out landscaping. I've been raking leaves and cutting grass for my dad since I was 12 and then the neighbors. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I rode bicycles all the time. And 
I was, you know, wanting to go backpacking every chance I had some money in my pocket. But yeah, when it comes to a wheelbarrow and a landscape job, look out. I could work the Mexican guys under the table. Nice. And I love it. What about you, Jenna? What did you, did you call yourself a hippie? Are you in the baby, junior baby boomers club? I, well, I get, yeah, definitely. I was, yeah, I, I guess. I like being outside and, um, for, uh, I, I worked in a pillow, organic pillow factory for a good 10 years. What's an organic really pillow? An organic pillow. About um, 200 bucks. Yeah. No, what is it? It's full of bird feathers or, uh, is it? Wool. Wool. Yeah, like, okay. Uh, yeah, like the Woolpole in Oregon, Klamath area, and um, organic cotton um, shells. Have you ever tried uh, Mike, whatever his name is, My Pillow? Is that a good pillow? Um, I wouldn't know because I made my own bed. I <laughs> no, I've made pillows. Come you made your bed and you laid laid in it. Isn't saying that's it? right. That's right. right. <clears throat> so I wool's great. You know, mm. so I haven't looked further. Uh, uh, suburbs of Chicago was Jenna. She decided I wanted out of here. Where is she, what uh, suburb were you in? Oak Forest near Tinley Park. Oh, okay. Southwest suburb. Tinley Park has a big amph- amphitheater and it's a music spot, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'd say about 40 minutes south of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the city for a while, went to school for design and architecture and, um, traveled quite a bit. And, um, is that, the, south, is that the south side of Chicago, the, the bad area or no? Well, the south side is a dangerous area to find yourself, but I grew up in the suburbs. Right. So, okay. You know, not as, no. Yeah. It wasn't a threat. Uh, Lithuanian ancestry oh, her nice. parents came over during world war ii mm-hmm. my yeah my mom was born in a de- deported persons camp in germany and my dad was born in the united states in chicago oh nice um yeah my my grandparents they you know in the middle of the night they're taking your farm they're gonna burn it you need to leave now so my grandma and grandpa it took them about five years to get to Chicago through Ellis Island and I grew up with them across the street. So that's um, a cool story. Yeah. And of course my dad was in Windsor, Ontario. Oh wow. Where his dad was a World War One veteran. They gave him a piece of land to farm. It was contaminated with a nickel smelter nearby. He mm. ended up in Windsor working at the automobile places and he was a card carrying communist. <laughs> and his right. last name is Bennett. Right. Uh, there is a Natalia Bennett, which was the president of Israel. And I got a great big honker. So, uh, this all. You're talking about your nose? Yeah. But, but also the card carrying communist thing. Mm -hmm. So that's my 
dad's side. My dad uh, pulled a little fast one at the tail end of World War II, took over his cousin's ID in the States, and at 17 was driving a tank in Italy during the wrap-up. When he wanted to go to Russia, you know, 60 years later, he went down to get a passport. They said, we have no record of you. He says, I got a little story for you. So I'm a, and he got a Irish woman, my mom from Detroit, and they jumped in a 57 T-Bird after the war and came out to Seattle to make his fortune. He's an entrepreneur and uh, ended up selling, going public with his business. And when I was 15, there was a student of his at his sales training school that complained to somebody back in D.C. that I took this training course. They guaranteed they'd find me a job. And my dad said, this is not a communist country. This is a capitalist system. We guaranteed we'd work with you till you found a job. Well, that didn't work back in D.C. They pulled his whole GI Bill. And my dad had a huge investment. And he went to all of his buddies at the Rotary Club in Seattle and asked for advice. They said, "Uh, Don, declare bankruptcy. Keep your 100-acre farm investment, your ski cabin, your boat, your house on the waterfront in Lake Washington. And he said, no, I'm going to take out a $200,000 per loan. By the time I was 16, they'd taken everything he owned. He was flat-bottom broke, a uh, house that someone would take payments to own. And he started another couple businesses. He, my dad died at 93, I uh, less than two months ago, uh, flat bottom broke. Well, same deal with the Fershaw story. The problem is these people didn't know they could have read the 63 book by Ken Kesey and realized it's not communism. It's not capitalism. It's been replaced. You've got to get your eyes open to this and play this game or you're going under. Well, my dad, you know, he he luckily remarried his secretary from <laughs> years who saved enough, uh, had some economic smarts, and he didn't, you know, lived uh trying to find two nickels to rub together, but he does not have a penny to his name. Hey, uh, Brian, um, Harmon says, uh, and by the way, Harmon, thanks for the latest donation. You're too generous. Harmon is a uh, $9.11 a month donor. He's an epic cash guy. He just made another donation. So thanks, Harmon. Harmon says, Ab, I like this guy and his wife. He does what it takes to live. Okay. So you got a fan there in Harmon. Harmon's an older gentleman as well. 
maybe your age. Staff on Dry Sty says, I'm new to Fakeology and have learned so much from Mav's website and podcast. Well, thank you, Staff on Dry Sty. And Lost Spider Phallus says, that was a nice job felling that tree. I don't, did that tree ever fall over? Because it wasn't clear with the, from the video. Did it ever, did you ever fell it, Brian, or was it still standing? No, I'm sure if he started cutting, it will go down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Must have been in the next video. Yeah. It, it is amateur hour at YouTube. It is seventies home video movies. A lot of them we should never even publish because they are uh, very amateur, but, uh, and yeah, all on a Sony digital camera. Oh yeah. It's a little wobbly. I was getting dizzy watching it. Harmon says, Ab, hippies are in their mid seventies years of age. You know, my age and my uncle was a true to the bone hippie. I think hippie is H-I-P-P-Y, but maybe I-E as well. Staff on Dry Sty says, thanks for bringing this couple to our attention. Okay. Well, can we work any fakeology at all into this call? Are you, are you guys fakeologists in any way? How, how did you guys find me in the website? Well, I think we knew uh, when Lark was doing interview. I think that oh, was the first right. one that we listened to. So we're kind of new to fakeology so maybe if i knew uh maybe i have to research before i can know if i know any fakeology well basically my credo my credo is every single story that's promoted in the media is fake unless proven otherwise i'm sort of like being an auto hoaxer everything is fake until proven real so almost every major story is a psychological operation that is most likely got almost no uh, real people or real events in it. And that goes for 9-11, Kennedy, most of the actors that they call politicians, most of the actors they call business leaders. Uh, the whole thing is just a, a wild stage show. And uh, it's really sad that we everything we believe is all, almost everything is a lie. And I post a lot of videos on my own video platform that supported by so many generous donors on FACOTube where I put my favorite videos up that I try and create a compendium of my favorite stuff and you can watch that and subscribe to all that so that, that's a good start but if you like just watching or reading blogs then you go to fakeologist.com forward slash blog where I put uh, mostly the videos and shows but sometimes some clips, some websites, some blogs I put it all together on the Fakeologist blog. And then I have forums, Fakeologist forums, where we have hundreds, tens of thousands of messages, I think, by now. Well, maybe not tens. Maybe we're getting up to 5,000, it looks like, where we talk about all kinds of stuff like the coronavirus hoax, 9-11, NASA, elite gender inversion. That's always a favorite. Um, just the the shape of the earth, health. The lies around health, revisionism, looking back at history. This is a massive website that I've uh, cobbled together over the last 11 years. I really invite you guys to check into it. Um, communitarianism is more of an offshoot of my coronavirus hoax research, where is, I, I think they're using what are called ESGs and SDGs to bring yeah. us into this communitarian world. And they want to manage everything, including trees. I think a tr I think every tree is going to have a barcode 
and a value that's traded on these markets and oh, it's going to be on the blockchain so it's 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 it sounds like an impo- it sounds like an impossible task that they want to literally inventorize every single molecule in the world and uh, along with that the carbon credits in Seattle there's a a nori carbon market group yeah. and they have they're pulling it out of the sky what what possible carbon footprint could lead to and the apps that would chart oh, yeah. Yeah. individuals I know. All of that. And, you know, when you set a barcode on every tree, I did go on a field trip to Olympia Port with my son when he was little. And there was a barcode on like thousands of trees. We were walking all these logs, actually. They all had barcodes on them. Well, I think Each they one. want they want to value them all and put them on the markets. And it, that'll just make it really hard to cut down a forest because you'll probably have to pay $10 million dollars just per tree per uh, just it's just a crazy notion but i think they think they're going to use technology to keep track of everything and and value everything and put this carbon value on everything i know for sure that the whole carbon tax thing is just a giant shakedown to rebuild this communitarian communitarian hell that they want to create by the united nations i know my last gas bill had $36 just in carbon tax. It, it explicitly says that here where I live. So we know exactly. Yeah. We know exactly what they're doing. And there aren't very many people up here in Canada. I don't know who in the United States there are. But if you go to fake11.com forward slash the number eight, do you know the value per year that it's going to cost to redo, to, to implement this, this SDG? ESG takeover. You know how many? Do you know how much money it's going to be? It's, they they have a value. They've they've estimated a value. You know how much it is? Can you take a wild yeah. guess? Uh, a wild guess. Yeah. Uh, how much per year to fund this whole thing worldwide? Well, I'm going to say it doesn't matter since they're just printing, pressing the paper. No, I know, but they're going to tax the heck out of you. Just, just to say they're funding it that way. And they already are here where I live. Like I said, $36 just for my gas bill to heat my house. So okay, well, I'm going to give you the numbers and I'll give you one more chance to guess before I'm going to tell you. Four trillion. Very close. They said five trillion, but, um, somebody else calculated it to eight trillion per year. Um, it's an, uh, it's, it's an unfathomable number. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Right. It's just, it's insane. And I want to give a shout out to Mark Friesen. If you click on this link here, you will find Mark Friesen's video. It's on FacoTube. And he's sort of a crotchety old guy up here in Canada. And let me just play a little tiny bit of him. And then I'm going to show you... Yes, Banjo. Oh, it's his dog barking um, or growling. Why is it that they're committed to the Paris Accord? They must understand what I understand. That this whole carbon tax, carbon pricing scam. And thanks to the person who pointed this out in my comment section. appreciate it. Uh, it is a scam. 
It's a funding mechanism. Back in 2012, the UN, one of their committees, came up with an agenda. It's right up here. Um, to determine how they're going to pay for the sustainable development agenda that had a price tag in their estimate of $5 trillion annually. They were wrong. It's actually $8 trillion annually. The cost of the sustainable development agenda and meeting the sustainable development goals, targets, and indicators. That's the price tag. So they wanted to figure out a way that they could fund this agenda. And the best thing they came up with was a carbon tax, a tax on carbon. So they created the enemy, which is CO2, which is ridiculous. It's a fundamental building block of all life on Earth. Without it, at 150 parts per million in the atmosphere. Anyway, that's that's the scam. That's what no one in the world really is talking about. Do you guys ever think that way? Or have you ever... The Club of Rome said... Greenhouse gases are the perfect answer for the depopulation yes. plan. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so they invented it. Yes, and yes, they, yes. And we've just having it shoved down our throat ever since. I'm speaking of uh, fake news. Did you see the theatrical performance of an interview with Greta today in Germany? Yes, people have sent that to me, and she's sort of laughing. She, she. She she slips up all the time. That's mockery. They just like to mock the population for actually following along with this crap. It's staged by the director of the brainwashing behind the camera. They got, yeah. you know, this is a theatrical performance for those stupid enough to not open their eyeballs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That's crazy. It's crazy. But there is a... There is another thing with this um, carbon fiasco is that probably about 50% of all the biochar uh, operations going on globally, they're all involved in the ESG compliance and looking for the carbon credits. So it kind of paints a, a picture of falsity about biochar, but we as two people here in the woods that want to grow some food... Um, we biochar is good. And it's the, very useful. And the reason why they don't like it is because they can't control it. Survey you. you have to know the before or after. They know, have to know what you're doing on your property in order for you to qualify for their credits. So no, you can't come on my, my property. You can take your credits and put them where the sun don't shine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's an it's an awesome task. Take hey, listen, taking over the world is an awesome task. You're gonna need a lot of people and a lot of technology and a lot of cooperation. I mean, it's it's such a giant task. It's 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 doomed to fail. It's going to fail. The question is, at what time? When? How long is it gonna take for it to collapse upon itself? It they've just bitten off. They bit off way too much. Way too much is crazy. Well, what I would like to mention is Nikki Rapana asked by her f- followers, how yeah. are they ever going to pull off this communitarian thing? Mm-hmm. Well, when they did the COVID thing, sh- that was her reply. Now I know how they're going to implement it. Yeah. And yeah. 
The thing about the COVID is that's the trial run for the the CO2 nonsense. Right. It's bringing in the biosecurity state part where they can track and trace everyone and everything. Get people used to it. Did you guys take the clot shot? Oh, no. Negative. Good to hear. And most of the family, my family did and I feel for them, but they they don't listen to me. And for good reason, uh, you know, the the dinner table discussions, uh, I just hated ruining them for my poor mother, Irish Catholic, wanting the priest and the doctors to be put on this pedestal. And yeah, I just uh, got tired of being the man out, bringing everybody down. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Jenna has done a series of five uh, anti-communitarian YouTubes, oh. short to the point. Oh, where are they? I like that. PTL Media Now. And there might be the Roman numeral two. Wait, where is that, that on YouTube or is that a website? Yes, it's, it's on YouTube. PTL and, Media um, Now. What's PTL what stand for? Uh, maybe his, our, he was Yogi for the Lord, YouTube, and then he took down his, his YouTubes and he changed his name to PTL Media Now. Uh, I don't Guys, know. I found name. it. Where are you on here? There's many videos. It's my voice. I did the voiceovers for the five, uh, short video series. Okay, here it is. It's a playlist is what you're saying. There's um, what is communitarianism? Is communitarianism real? Um, what do communitarians say? Um, oh. oh, are you talking? Oh, I thought, I thought that was the video talking. That's you talking. <laughs> that is me talking. And what is communitarian law? And what is oh, who started communitarianism or something like that? Okay. So, I'm going to so, put a link to that. That's a good one. Well, you should have mentioned that earlier there, Brian. I'm just one big screw up. You can on it. I, I just, just, nobody can make heads or tails is, of the scatterbrained. Is that why uh, Jenna likes you so much? But you're not a couple. She, she finished. Are. She you finishes are a couple like now. Voice. Finally, you were making. We're we just not going to get married. That's That's the only thing. All right. Why screw it up with marriage, right? Exactly. A third-party legal person involved just, uh, I gave her my mom's wedding ring. She's happy. Oh, nice. That's You may as well be married then. Nice. Way to go, Brian. Hey, hey uh, I got one other thing. Uh, your chatters in your chat room, uh, the guy that says uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, I welcome any kind of phone calls. i I hate typing. Jenna ends up doing a fair amount of it, but right. I can't. People, type. people can call you. Oh, anytime. Okay, what's your phone number? I'll put it on the, the show notes. Call Brian. What's your number? Three six zero five seven zero zero nine two three. Don't sell my number to a telemarketer. I'll chase you down. <laughs> but I mention it because, you know, there's a whole lot of 
discussion and disagreement slash debate that needs to go on. We are involved in uh, monitoring this guy in northern in California, uh, Adam Green, no more news on BitChute and Odyssey. I like he's I like got, I like Odyssey. I'm an Odyssey fan right now. It's working really I, well. I, well, he's got the mother of all uh, sacred cows, and I think he needs some promotion. And what's the mother of all sacred it, cows? What are we talking about? Uh, his, you know, years and years of pointing out what's going on with Zionism. What the hell happened in World War II? Oh, okay, you're talking about revisionism. Yeah. No, but it's evolved into the Jesus deception. Ooh, okay. The, the first testament and the second one are not uh, two two opposing viewpoints. They the Romans were a threat to the Jewish people, and they didn't militarily have the ability to take and defend themselves or continue with their one world project. So they created Christianity. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I like, yeah, that's the dialectic, right? They create uh, one of the antithesis. Um, do you know Joe Atwell? Joe oh, Atwell. Yeah. yeah. You like his stuff? What, what did he well, talk I mean, about? He's got a similar, but he's pointing it at Caesar. Right, think, and yeah, Adam Green will uh, debate at Atwell at many times, yeah, and in my opinion, tears him apart with his viewpoints, and there's many others. So yeah, if if you had anybody that's, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, actually, Harmon said he doesn't know what you're talking about. Harmon says. Okay, that's common. Yeah. No, he said he doesn't know what you're talking about. I'm sure you do know what you're talking about, but he just, Harmon just didn't know what you were talking about. So, yeah, that's... Uh, call us, Harmon. Yeah, 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 you can call. Uh, I, I get, And can they email you at idiotupdate, idyupdate at yahoo.com? Sure. Yep. All right, Harmon is a good man. I'm going to... Oh, wait, I looked up Adam Green and your name Jenna came up. J-E-N-N-A. Is that your YouTube? Is that your? Um, is Jenna your Odyssey channel? J-E-N-N-A. No. no? Okay. I haven't started that project yet. I was going to, but I, it didn't happen yet. It's, it's no more news spelled K-N-O-W. Okay. Oh, no more news. Okay. A lot of people um, accusing Adam Green of being an agent on here when I typed in his name. Okay, that's 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 entirely accurate. And oh, you think he is an know, agent? No, no. Uh, he gets accused of it. Adam Rabbi Greenberg. I mean, we're we're just completely inundated with this. You know, oh, let's do a pigment color test on your skin. Uh, Another guy we're listening to is Kameo Ahu in Costa Rica, originally born in Boston. And he's saying uh, 200,000 years ago, these stone monoliths were built by who in the Americas? 
Atlantis is America. The Phoenicians came from here in their ships. A huge, massive civilization is North and South America, and we got to rewrite these history books of Columbus and the Vikings discovered a bunch of savages. You know that uh, all black on white racial uh, thing is really hot on this. This is our solution. We need to uh, read, you know, kindle our whiteness. Well, Cameo is going to be coming on. Uh, Jenna's a. Oh, yeah. I have a show. I'm on a show on uh, Sundays on Revolution Radio Studio B. The name of the show is Bridget's Well, Healing with the Elements of Life. And my co-host originated the show, Gary. She's um, a natural healer, acupuncturist, and I started um, co-hosting with her. So that's Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific. And um, sometimes we have guests on. And Cameo said he'd come on. Yeah. Jenna Baker, is that you? No. No, I'm some... Jenna Chaputis. Hold on. I'm just trying to find it here. I'm trying to find a link to it. So I just typed in Revolution Radio and Jenna. What's the name of the show? Bridget's Well. Bridget's. Bridget? Bridget's or Bridget? Bridget. Bridget. Bridget there well. are several spellings of Bridget. Wow. B-R-I-G-I-D. S. Well. Oh, I okay, okay, I got it here. Bridges well, healing with the elements of life. Okay. Host Yolinsley. Yeah. four p.m. Who's Yolinsley? That's Mitzi. She changes her name a whole bunch, <laughs> but um, she is uh the uh uh acupuncturist. Chinese medicine, and okay. we talk a lot about um, whatever's on our mind, but traditional foods, um, gardening. She always talk. She brings in Chinese medicine, seasonal foods. Uh, both have a garden. We've met face to face, and um, I don't know. We kind of enjoy doing our show together. And she's got a relative on one side or the other that is of Mexican heritage. So, yeah, this Cameo Ahu, I think he's going to have an enjoyable conversation. I mean, we're definitely being played with this war on whitey. And if we could just sell these Jewish people to another planet, we need to progress past this stereotype as our solution mm, well okay that'll be show note number nine show note number nine it will be a link to the show page there revolutionradio.com okay well this has been different interesting well i'm glad you guys uh, i'm gonna listen to your communitarian series there that's show note number six i like that topic and r.i.p um nikki uh-huh. She uh, died. Yeah. That's too bad. Never got well, her on the show. Uh, there's indications uh, that that is not accurate. If you spent a day or two pounding together a bunch of one by two 
into a structure for a little hovel and you woke up the next morning and the wind blew it over and you don't like men. So any, anybody talking about two by fours and cross bracing gets immediately, Oh, I, I and the rest of my sisters are going to handle this. Uh, at a certain point with, with the uh, cannabis, it does not bring about huge amounts of clear thinking, motivated thought. Wait, do you think I, she's still alive? I think the rumor is she found a girlfriend Ooh. and uh, moved back to Wisconsin. Well, she she a, a she an L from LGBTQRAI? Is that what you're saying? At least uh, uh, switch rumor. hitter. Rumor had it. Oh, faked her death. I love that talk on fakeologists. So she just, she just phonied it up and, uh, did she hang up her communitarian, uh, uh, talk? Is she not going to do that anymore? No. Well, we haven't heard from her. Don't know. No. Okay. Well, it is strange. It is strange that she died. It's fairly young age, but I thought she was just. Died of exposure and probably malnutrition living out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Uh, if, if you had bad lungs mm -hmm. and you have mold, which you're going to have in that kind of a ridiculous hovel hole called a house. Right, 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 right. Uh, how do you get rid of mold? I wouldn't, I don't know, outside of a, about five cords of firewood and build something besides a tarp lean-to. Yeah, it seems rather improbable. So you think, uh, wow, a death faker. Uh, amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, yeah, that's interesting, guys. First I've heard of it. I, well, yeah, it's it's not a well-publicized, but I, I, it's probably not the first unsubstantiated rumor that's ever been on fakeologists, so I wasn't going to hesitate. No, it's it fine with me. It could be that, you know, I just can't live up to all these people with hope and, uh, hopium addiction right. that I'm going to, uh, get my act together. I think I'm going to, uh, step out. Call yeah, it maybe. a life. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Elvis and Lisa Marie Presley, they both do the same thing. When I get out of the limelight, they just fake their deaths. It's a great way to do it. And Adolf Hitler. The, and no one's going to bother you again. Cause even if they, Epstein? yeah, I don't even, I, I don't even know if Epstein ever existed. I, I, I don't, is there any proof? You know, I think the same way about, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Hunter Biden. Does he even exist? Has he ever existed? Is he just a character? I, I don't even think he exists personally. He's just a, a narrative device. What do you think? I think 90% of everything on the net is completely made up for well it's not just the net he's published in the pumped in the mainstream media the hunter biden laptop it's just a narrative device to keep people distracted endlessly without any resolution you know like russiagate with trump they always have a story going just to, that never can be solved and i think hunter biden and the laptop epstein island I think these are all narrative devices. I don't think any of these things exist. 
Well, I did, uh, PTO Media did send me something. The internet is fake on Odyssey, maybe. Right. And mm. the capability of everything being created artificially. Yes. Visually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's extremely possible. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. We can't know, but it's extremely possible that so much, almost everything, it's unlimited fakery. And the people on Twitter, most of them are fake. It's, it's really a terrible situation to be in. Yeah. If you, if you haven't had enough of that kind of talk, could wander over to Miles W. Mathis yeah, and have a yeah. field day. Yeah. I love him. J, JFK didn't die in yeah. Dallas. Yeah. I, I love that talk. I love his website. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, good. You guys are fakeologists. I think I'm, I'm sorry to the audience. We took so long to get to that, but. I wanted to hear you guys out anyway. And, uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back maybe and we'll talk a little more fakeology because you guys okay. sound like, um, pretty cool. You're a pretty cool yeah. couple. Pretty cool couples. Out of the blue, we just had you on. It's very interesting. And we've got all your contacts. So if people want to go to the show notes tonight and hit these guys up, they're pretty, pretty interesting people. You're living, you're living off the land and it's, uh, a very tough road to hoe, I would say, but uh, more power to yeah. you if you can pull it off. You're spreading, you're spreading misinformation. We're caretakers mm -hmm. on eight acres of a misbehaving uh, guy that uh, we befriended because of the sawmill. Okay. No, we are not living off the land. We have, uh, oh yeah, we have electricity, running water. And yeah, you, and we, you go to yeah. Starbucks for breakfast. Uh, negative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you're, that's funny. All right. That's cool. Well, we, we enjoyed ourselves immensely. Yeah. Uh, we were hesitant, uh, worrying because, you know, the Canadians, and I mentioned I really am Canadian. My dad is not a U.S. citizen. He's from Windsor. I, I, He's a, I wow. I, I don't know a lot of Canadians that I like what they have to say. <laughs> Me neither. Me, Me neither. Can we mention uh, Amazing Polly? She mentioned C-word, communitarianism occasionally. Uh, yeah. Tony Pantelaresco. Never He's heard got of him. a huge Bible banging, and uh, he's ready to leave the shithole. He's got great information, but you know, I'm, I have, I get my undies in a bundle with these people and they get to hear it from me. How about Curtis Stone, the urban Curtis farmer? Yeah, I remember his name. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know Tony well, Pantaloroni. I never heard of him. Oh, Pantaloresco. He's in Windsor. Okay. I never heard of him. Is he on YouTube? Um, he has a lot of do-it-yourself herbalism. Oh, I see. And he, yeah, um, he, he specialized in nanotoxicology. And, oh and he is uh, poisoned by it. And, well, I should be dead by now. Well, Tony says, you know, I was in the health food business. I was a fitness coach. I lived a really nice uh healthful life and that's who 
the nano poisoning attacks. You know, a lot of people, Dane Wigington and others would call it chemtrails. Tony won't call it that. It's nano poisoning. It's not just coming out of airplanes. It's coming out of his skin. You're eating it. It's everywhere. So, yeah, Tony's the nano nightmare guy, and and he's got great information. I just, he would entertain the communitarian. He's mentioned it a word or two, but it's got nothing to do with his lingo, and he's got a huge amount of YouTubes. Yeah, you can look him up. And and most of my listeners are in the U.S. and the U.K. I I have hardly any Canadian listeners. They don't. They don't have any interest in what I have to say. So just, I'm a Canadian though, just in name only. Obviously, not. I don't. I don't follow the normal Canadian line, whatever that means. So, there's, well, there's some great. There's some great Canadian people that I have met and seen. And got a problem with the the before mentioned ones. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I love Amazing Polly too. She's fantastic. She lives down the road from me. Well, three hours down the. Down the road. Sure. It's a road. Uh, okay. Well, that, that's great. So thank you guys for joining me. And, um, it was fun. And I've got all the links to the show. This is going to be show FAK 662. Please share it, guys, or whatever media that you have going on there. Put it on your YouTube channel if you want. Email it to your friends. You guys found me through a show. So maybe others will follow, find me through this show through your contacts let's uh let's share the wealth in the sense that we just spread the information through each other great and you guys just proved that almost everyone is a fakeologist in some way now and you guys you guys just didn't even know you could be labeled fakeologist but you definitely (laughs) are you definitely are aware of what's going on which is great so there's tons of overlap in what we study so Maybe someone can learn from your channel. I put links to your channel on the show. So really, really appreciate you guys joining me and it was fun. Yeah, thank you. Okay, come back. Come back anytime. Just hit me up. All right. All right. Thanks for the invitation. All right. Take care, Brian and Jenna in Olympia, Washington. All the best to you guys. And thank you guys for listening. Appreciate that. Fakeologist.com, fakeotube.com. I didn't even know I was going to do this show. Just email me. You can email me if you want to be on the show. If something interesting to talk about. And if you are even slightly fakeologist related. We take all kinds here. Um, Don't forget, uh, if you like the show, fakeologist.com forward slash donate. Don't let Harmon be the only one that donates. Uh, You can donate Epic Cash. You can donate regular cash. You can donate uh, Monero, Bitcoin. You can even send money to this P.O. I just found out that this the guy that ran this P.O. box farm sold his business and didn't tell the new business owner about the fakeologist virtual mailbox V33. So she was sending all my mail back to return to sender. Thanks a lot. So thank you for Nancy for pointing that out. Nancy's going to mail her donation for the third time to this P.O. box. So thank you very much, Nancy, for helping me track that.
problem down. It's one fire after the other. So that's fantastic. So Nancy, appreciate it. You can, you can mail us that. I was going to play some bumpers tonight that IBD emailed me at I'm at fakeologist.com. I will play them maybe next show. And I really appreciate the time, talent, and treasure. You can give me your time, your talent. Send me bumpers or audios or your treasure. Send uh, money if you want. I really appreciate all you people for contributing. It's really, really fantastic. And what else? Facotube.com. You know about that. Thank you, staff on Dry Stye. I really appreciate that. You know, Epic Cat. Epic Cash is worth 57 cents. You can send pretty much for free one Epic coin my way. So that's another great part about Epic Cash. I'm not saying it's a great investment. I'm saying it's a great way to transact. It's like PayPal, except they don't censor you. That's the that, that's why I really that's my biggest interest in this cryptocurrency is sort of a, a an unrelated and decent way to transact micro-processing, micro-payments. So there you go. All right, don't forget, on Saturday, I'm usually available for chats on the Fakeologist Discord, fake11.com forward slash Discord. And uh, don't also forget Sunday morning, Be Told, with Esoteric. That's early, early Sunday morning, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.